0: These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited! Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Yep, this show might be offensive to some, as they said, uh, as we were coming on there. I want to talk about something that's going on in our nation, and uh, you may or may not agree with me. I'm not uh, setting myself up as the end-all, be-all opinion of the whole thing. However, I do want people to think about what is really happening in our world because – In my case, I work with child sex crimes, um, adult sex crimes as far as that goes also. We combat human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography and have been doing that for about 12 years and training law enforcement, first responders, social workers, and like that. And uh, I have watched the activity of this week across the nation with the protests of the uh, George Floyd situation. And uh, it, it has really stirred my heart, maybe in a different way than most people, because uh, I approach things maybe a bit different. But I want to talk this morning about what happens when you decriminalize crime. And we are seeing a, a federal trend going on across the, the nation of doing that, and uh And it is very, very disconcerting. This is not a new thing. This has been going on now for uh, several years, quite frankly. Uh, And uh, it's interesting to me because it's conducted by leadership by some governors of various states, as well as the fact that it's also conducted by people that you don't see in the underbelly of society, and also those people that are behind so much of the social media and media. And so it's making a major impact. For me, it uh, started – when did it start? I I really can't tell you, but a couple of things. um, uh, You will find out probably a political persuasion of mine. Uh, I try not to share my political opinions because uh, I don't believe that's my uh, mission in life. But I was somewhat appalled – when I saw uh, the head of the FBI, James Comey, stand there and go on for literally something like 10 or 12 minutes about all the things that happened under the previous uh, political regime, and yet he says that it's really not worth prosecuting. And then we find out that the FISA warrants, which – really was behind that were falsified by people who worked for him. And as this has come out, you say the highest law enforcement agency in America has been tainted, and they have a lot of explaining to do, and that really ought to be investigated. And, you know, you say, well, Opal, you have all these protests going on out there. You've got bottle throwers they're burning buildings, and you want to go back there. Well, I do want to go back there because I want you to see what happens when you start down the slippery slope of picking and choosing which laws you're going to enforce and which ones you are not. You know, the U.S. system of democracy is not perfect. There are many times that people have not found justice. But I can tell you this. It is more perfect more reliable than most other rules of law in many other countries you at least get a voice most of the time oftentimes you can get a jury trial you have a right to an attorney and we have laws and laws that need to be enforced and when they're broken whether they're broken by our own government or they're broken by you know the guy who steals a uh, Uh, a six-pack of beer at the C-Store, they need to be investigated, brought to light, and justice should be served. And still, even though it's been more than four years, uh, maybe five, six, that has not happened. That was an area where we began to say, okay, we're not going to enforce this law. Right after that, we had a governor out here, not, not just in California, but Colorado and multiple other states that start to declare that California is a sanctuary state. Now, he's my governor, too, but he didn't ask for my vote. Nobody in the state of California, we didn't have a, a bill that went out and we all got to vote on it. It was a declaration And that was very disturbing to me because my interpretation of that declaration is, in fact, the fact that he gets to decide which of our laws need to be enforced and which ones do not. That's a problem, you know, because those laws were voted in. Those laws were determined by the courts And, you know, what right does one individual, elected or not, have to say, well, we're going to enforce all these laws, but you don't have to enforce this law. People can come in without going through the legal process. That was basically the statement. In fact, you could take it a little bit higher in that the previous president had said, okay, we're going to allow the children to come in illegally, but not the adults. Well, we'll allow some adults if they're accommodating children. Uh, But if the children already have family here. And, you know, I get the whole issue. I really, really do. I know many people who are undocumented. And they're fine, fine people most of the time. But like all people, there are good people, there are bad people. But still, what you're doing is changing the law. One person arbitrarily deciding, hey, We're not going to enforce this law. It is a very slippery slope when you start to do that. I always say, if we get a chance to go through the laws and say, I don't want to do this one and I don't want to do that one, let's start with the speeding law, okay? <laughs> because I speed <laughs> a lot, <laughs> anyway, so I'd like to get away with not not getting one of those tickets. But he didn't change. He didn't overrule that law. He overruled the law that he wanted to overrule. What happens is when you do that. You start cycles in society. I'm going to get to the Floyd thing, and we're going to take this back to the sex trafficking issue before this is over. But I want to talk about how this impacts us. You see, I have said from the very beginning that I've been in this business 12 years ago. I've been saying this most of my adult life. I have studied history. I look back to the 1920s and 1930s in America. I remember when we had literally, uh, you know, Elliot Ness and uh, Al Capone. And the reason why America is great today is, and that we have some level of justice over and above and superior to most other countries is because the rule of law was invoked and they stamped out much of the mob, organized crime. Now, I think few people recognize how important that act was. And I'll tell you why that's so important. I was working out of Europe back in uh, old 1995, I think it was. And, uh, or maybe it was earlier than that. I remember when Microsoft first released uh, Microsoft Office and uh, a lot of uh, emails. They didn't do, uh, they did their own email. And uh, I met the people from Microsoft that were distributing the software and trying to distribute it into uh, Eastern uh, Germany and Russia. And their goal was to distribute it to small businesses so that they could develop a middle class. You see, the reason why stamping out the mob was so important in America is that we could develop a middle class. If you look at most countries around the world— they don't have a middle class. They have the people at the top that's skimming all the money and the poor slaves down below that are trying to make a living. But the minute they get a little bit of extra money, the cartel comes in and says, you owe us a fee. You, sh- you owe us a license. You owe us a, a, a kickback, a payback. It's ours. And that's exactly what happened in Russia in the early days of sending out that software. They wanted to be able to have the mom-pop shop sell it so that they could begin to make some money and develop a middle class. But as soon as they'd sell eight or ten copies of it and have to buy more, the cartel would come in and say, no, 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 we get half. You know, you're not getting that big. And that is what happens when you have organized crime running your country. You will never have a middle class. You will never have justice, even a flawed sense of justice. You will always have to pay out to somebody who's got their hand out. It's called bribery, and it happens all over the world. And that is the reason why so many of these countries have a lot of really wonderful, good, hardworking people, but they don't get to keep the money because there is no rule of law. Even your law enforcement officers in those countries are on the take because in many cases in South America, if they're not, or in Mexico, if they're not, their family will be hurt. It isn't just economic, it's your own personal safety and the safety of your family. And so this is the reason why we need a rule of law and we need it done with a law enforcement agency that has integrity, that doesn't pick and choose which side of justice that they're on, that will enforce it equally and will in fact enforce it. So where I'm going with this is the fact that up in Seattle, we now have a whole police precinct that has been vacated and taken over by street thugs. And on top of it, we have people who have been killed in the process, law enforcement officers. I bet you can't give me their names. You know George Floyd's name. But give me the names of the officers that were killed this week by hoodlums, by protesters, by people throwing Molotov cocktails and IEDs, by people who drove a car in a crowd and shot at people. Give me the names of the law enforcement officers that gave their life this week to that protest, and I bet you can't. I really bet you can't. Because all the emphasis on the fact that absolute chaos has ruled, and total people who are apparently unorganized. Now, we're going to go into that in the next section because I'm going to tell you that this is not happening by accident. This is not just a happenstance kind of thing. This is a lot more organized than you realize. But in the meantime, they have taken out police officers. Where are the protests for the police officers that were killed? Who can give me their names even? Where is their recognition for standing up for you and our lives? It is totally out of control, and our society will pay a price for this. There will be more sex crimes. There will be more people hurt. There will be paybacks everywhere, and people, including the media and social media, will be controlling your life. Not you. This is Opal Singleton, and this show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I'm all fired up this week. I'll tell you what is going on out there is wrong, wrong, wrong. And it is time to recognize it and educate our kids so that we can deliver a good and solid law based society. We are up against that break. I'll be right back.
2: Streaming live
0: educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced, can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Exploited! Crimes Against Humanity.
1: Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about what happens when you decriminalize crime, which is really taking place across our nation. And it is just very deeply concerning. So we were talking about the fact that, yes, I I understand that the George Floyd thing is a very difficult situation. I get that. And it should never have happened. And I'm absolutely not for it. But what I want to point out here is what happens when you absolutely decriminalize crime. In other words, you select one crime and elevate it over the other. By the way, I asked you earlier, are you aware that a federal officer was killed? Can you give me his name? Where are the protests for him? Well, I'm going to tell you. His name is Dave Patrick Underwood. He was 53 years old. He was just standing there. He is a part-time security worker for the Department of Homeland Security. And he was just standing there doing his job, doing nothing, and was killed by one of the protesters who drove up and wanted to get a cop. You see, the people who are minding the store now don't care about the rule of law. You know, they're protesting the fact that the rule of law did not work for Floyd, but they believe they can do whatever they can, and they are not under the rule of law. They burn buildings, they loot, they break out glass, and in this case, they shot David Patrick Underwood. Where is the national protest to recognize Mr. Underwood for protecting you and our society? And he was doing absolutely nothing wrong. He is a family man, he's 53, and he gave his life, and nobody will even remember his name. Well, all the hubbub is going on here because Seattle protesters now have declared a cop-free zone after the police leave the precinct. Now, I'm going to tell you, this makes me just really want to throw up. (laughs) Excuse me for getting blunt. But this is crazy to me. Prior to that, a gunman drove into a Seattle crowd uh, during the protest. He... um, He's an unidentified suspect. He had a barricade before he drove into an area where hundreds of people were gathered. Now, normally we call that terrorism, you know? Terrorism, remember terrorism? Terrorism works because it literally disrupts our sense of predictability. And today, there is a huge factor. I've written a book called Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. And the book has focused on how the fact that the entire world is connected by Internet and that how it affects sex crimes and crimes, Internet sex crimes, against our children. But it also affects this because all of this is being orchestrated by a media And this is no longer an unbiased media who delivers news. And this is important to share this with your kids. This media has an agenda. They have a political bias and they are using the media to uh, perpetuate their point of view. I often say this, that we need to teach our children How to listen to the media because this generation of kids will have more information provided to them than any generation in history. How will they ever know the truth? these medias will make an announcement and they will give a little bit of fact and their own opinion all in the same sentence. And so it's very biased. I, I will often channel hop during news time. It just drives you over your hill, day <laughs> But, you know, you will hear on certain channels, uh, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, uh, It's like the New York Times. They deliver it with an un- uh, with an absolute bias and they have no apology for it whatsoever if they report on this administration it is all negative and they will look for the most negative thing and put that in there if you go over to Fox News they do just the opposite they will put it in favor of Trump now I don't favor either one of these journalism should be about the facts But those days are gone, and we have to prepare our children to do cognitive thinking, to think through these major and significant uh, problems. And we ought to be having this dialogue with our children today because our children will be on the World Wide Web and will be talking to millions of people, some of which who want to exploit and molest them. And some of them which will appear to be friends and some of them that will be giving opinion that your child may not agree with but doesn't want to get into conflict with them. In this case, this man uh, drove through a barricade into an area where hundreds of people were gathered to protest racial injustice and police brutality. You see, what is happening here with the rule of law in this mindset is that we are using brutality to kill police in the name of police brutality. And it is the craziest thing because what you're really saying is, I have a right to break the law because what happened was unjust. But they break the law over and over and over against people who were absolutely not in question. They said as political, as protesters frantically tried to stop the car from moving forward, one of them was shot while the driver was still in the vehicle. You see, you have people who are trying to stop something bad from happening to you or your family, and this guy was shot. The driver then got out of the car, brandishing a pi- a pistol, as dozens of horrified protesters watched him walk away from the scene. And so, it's a fascinating thing because here, literally, the hoodlums have taken over. And in Seattle's case, they now declare a cop-free zone after police leave the precinct. Protesters declared a cop-free zone where Seattle police boarded up and seemingly abandoned the East Precinct building Monday night following the days of demonstration in response to the police-involved death of George Floyd. The area has seen more than, uh, more than a week of protests. And so when you start to find out what they've been doing is burning buildings. They've been hurting other people. They boarded up buildings. They've taken out windows, uh, said a man allegedly drove in the crowd and shot one just a block away from the building where this took place. So they have no problem whatsoever of breaking laws, and they think that that the fact that someone in another country, or excuse me, another city was violated, gives them the right all over the world to go in and commit crime. And so this is exactly what I'm saying. When you decriminalize crime, it is a very slippery slope because they then, the masses, decide that they can literally go out and, can, and do. they threw glass bottles, rocks, explosives, IEDs. They caught buildings on fire. They, they literally destroyed and hurt a lot of other people. All over the world. Now, this is taking place largely because of media and social media and the reporting that is on it. You see, part of the societal shift is that we participate in the immediacy of a crime, even if it's 12,000 miles away. If there's a riot going on in New York, it is on my cell phone while I'm having lunch. If people are burning buildings then they and believing that they have a right to, because a guy in Minnesota did not get justice, that they have the right to commit injustice all over the world, you are starting down a very slippery slope. The very kind of slippery slope when a governor decides that it is okay not to follow some laws in your state, But you should follow others, the ones that he or she picks and chooses. And so that is how you end up with a sanctuary state, and that is how you end up with no rule of law. Who gets to choose? This law gets enforced, but that one does not. This one has consequences, but that one does not. It starts, uh, as I was saying, with Jim Comey saying, yeah, 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 there were offenses. We are not going to prosecute. You know, yes, we're a United States of America, but we are not going to enforce federal law. Yes, there's been an injustice in Minneapolis, but that gives you the right, and we will support you. In fact, we will abandon our police precinct so that you can go in and destroy other people's property, shoot at them, kill them, burn their buildings, and take what they have, because we are not going to stand up for the rule of law. What has happened? Crime wins. Criminal organized Uh, Activity wins. Cartels win. Mobs win. Gangs win. And yes, terrorists win. When we do not stay organized, stand up for what we believe in. Stand up for the rule of law. Is it perfect? No. Have there been offenses? Yes. But that does not give us a right to burn the buildings down and take over the cities and throw law enforcement out. This discussion of defunding law enforcement is an interesting one, and we're going to go into it in a big way after the break. So this is hopeful Singleton, Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against your break. So have a cup of coffee. We'll be right back.
0: It's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The
2: Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: well, hello and welcome back to Exploiting Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about what happens when you decriminalize crime and do away with the rule of law. I want to uh, really address that a minute because one of the advantages, and I'm not saying it's a perfect system. There, There is no such thing as true justice 100% of the time anywhere in the world. But I would put our democracy up against any kind of organized justice system around the world. The reason for that is that we get a chance to vote on it most of the time. Now, you know, many of these states have gotten to where they're like Gestapos and they rule from – from the Capitol Hill kind of thing in their state and you don't get to vote on it. Uh, and yet and there are other times what you're seeing in this system is that you get to vote on it, but they're not straightforward about what you're voting on. Uh, I think a Proposition 57 when uh, California voted to uh, let uh, uh, criminals out early uh, because the prison system is overcrowded here. It was positioned as uh, these are basically people who smoked a little pot and went to a C-store and stole a candy bar, and so they they don't belong in prison. Uh, Our governor stood right there and said at the time, this will not include sex offenders, but of course that was not in writing. And it's one of those things where you got to see the the bill before you—I mean, you've got to sign the bill before you know what you're seeing in it. And uh, what began to happen is that they began to let people out early, lots of them, and they continued to do that because we have a lot of people in our prisons. And they began to let out sex offenders during this COVID crisis down in Orange County. A judge, and if you live in Orange County, California, you need to look up this judge. Those were some nasty-looking people. A judge let seven child sex offenders out that had the nastiest background you ever could imagine. The district attorney down there was just fit to be tied, and I'm proud of them. But, uh, you know, they said it wouldn't be sex offenders. Well, the next thing you know, it's sex offenders. And then some some uh, sex offender in prison files a lawsuit against the state of California saying he's being discriminated against. And Judge Alan Sumner up in uh, Sacramento agreed and said, you know what, you are. And they're beginning to let sex offenders out early. What about the women who testified against them? You see, this is why we need rule of law, but at least we have a place to go and see what happens when you do away with the rule of law And things like uh, the what you're seeing down in Mexico, where the cartels and the government are constantly killing each other and taking control of territory. The govern- government can barely hang on to their own country because the cartels now rule it. And there is no rule of law. There is none. They, they just simply pull up if they don't like what you've done and do away with your relatives. And it's in a nasty fashion. And that often happens around the country, around the world, and as organized crime is taking over in a variety of areas. One of the things I want you to see is that this is not unorganized now I can't give you all the facts and details. I don't know them myself. But if you step back, you will see there's a great deal of organization to this chaos. In other words, there's it starts with the media supporting this idea that that uh, law enforcement should be defunded. That that. Uh, You know, we should decriminalize crime. You start to see it being supported by various social media groups. And what is happening, and this is the reason why I say it's so important to teach your child how to diagnose and understand truth. Because suddenly what you have, you're looking at a scene, for instance, these protests where people are out there throwing bottles and like that. And various media outlets are supporting it and saying that it's the you know governor's fault or it's the mayor's fault or whatever. And then you get a, an organization of social media. You don't know who they are, and they're coming in and they're building a case to influence you one way or the other. It is nearly impossible at this point to discern truth because of the fact the facts that are being given to you are organized and orchestrated to get you to think a particular way. Now, I'm not taking a path here. I'm not saying you should think left or you should think right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the process that is going on in our society. And it is that unseen group of people that is constantly pounding you out there that say, you know, that it is a good thing that police have abandoned a precinct and that it is a good thing that we do away with the, the rule of law. Let me give you an example of something I learned about this in the uh, sex world, uh, sex trafficking world. Actually, I I was looking at it from a standpoint of how people uh, that are Brought in undocumented are being exploited sexually, financially, and physically. And one of the things that happened, it was only a year ago, by the way, folks, so maybe a little more than a year ago, probably a year and three months, that we were all looking at a massive caravan coming to our border, our south border, and charging our border. Literally tens of thousands of people were organized in Latin American, South American countries. And being brought up here with the idea that we, that they should crash the border before we get a border wall. And it was a fascinating thing. I'm watching this because I know that undocumented uh, workers here in the uh, U.S. that get here are often exploited. But not by American citizens. They're exploited by the co- the coyote that comes in with them. You see, the way this normally works, and it doesn't matter if you're Chinese or Vietnamese or Taiwan or El Salvadorian or Hungarian or whatever you are. If you're paying a coyote, they charge you a fee before you get here. And most of the time when you get here, they charge you another fee. If you cannot pay it, you go out on the streets and sell flowers and oranges. Some of the girls are forced to sell sex. They must pay that back. But what nobody tells the American public is many of those people have put, have gotten their families to put a deed on their property back home. And if they don't pay the additional money when they get up here, that family back home gets exploited. So regardless of what takes place by Americans on American soils against undocumented workers, their own people will exploit them on our soil So I was following this situation with the caravan. I'm like, how do you get something that big organized? Well, I read a small article. It was a fascinating article. This woman was a a a homemaker kind of woman down in Guatemala. Uh, She said she ran a little food stand. I I had visions of her making tortillas, but I don't know what she was selling. Really, it sounded like she's making like maybe 3 to $5 a day at the most. And she said that she got a WhatsApp to go to Facebook that the caravan was forming. So I want you to get that picture in your mind, okay? She's making maybe 3 to $5 a day making her little maybe tortillas or whatever, and she has a little cell phone, and it's on WhatsApp, and it tells her, hey, the caravan is forming. They're giving out money. Go to Facebook and learn about it. She said she went to Facebook, and Facebook told her uh, the message was that they were meeting at a small village. She went to the small village, and they told her that she could be part of the caravan, and they would give her the money because she didn't have it. Yes, she had to sign over her little hut that she had, but yes, they would give her the money so that she or her children could have the American dream by being part of that. And as she did this, I began to realize what this really looks like. We don't ever hear these stories. We hear the stories about how we're we're exploiting the children in the camps after they get here. But their own people are exploiting them before they ever touch American soil. What happened to so many of those people is people who never had the money to pay a coyote to come to America— put a deed on their house and joined those caravans, and they got up here but couldn't get in. And so then they had to go home, but they couldn't repay. And so now they are deeper in debt than ever, and they are being exploited. They got exploited along the way. I've seen articles that say as many as 70% of the women in those caravans or that come up on that beast are sexually assaulted before they get here. They bring condoms, they bring uh, pre- uh, preventative stuff, knowing that that's going to happen. Nobody talks about the exploitation that takes place by those cartels, by those organized crimes in a country that has very little rule of law enforced. Now, they have the rule of law, but it doesn't get enforced because whole states within the South America and, and uh, Mexico are now run by criminals, criminals who want money, criminals who will show up and blow away your family. And there is no court. You can't really go to the police because the police are part of it. I am telling you, folks, this is a slippery slope. We don't want to go down. Once you start deciding that you're going to enforce this law but not that law, that it's okay and when you have an injustice to break a whole bunch of other laws, that it's okay to shoot and kill a human being in the name of the fact that another human being did not get justice. We are going down a very slippery slope. And if this continues, this country will pay a price. We will no longer have democracy as you know it. You will have nowhere to go for protection. There will be no rule of law, and you will never know who is orchestrating the details of your life, and you'll have no one to turn to. And that'll be the world you leave for your children. My name is Opal Singleton. This is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, and we're up against a break, so we'll be right back
0: educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced. The grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, can be ordered at millionkids.org share this with everyone you know crimes against humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity as we talk about decriminalizing crime. One of the things that I really want you to see is that this is not an accident. This is being orchestrated. As you began to look at the information that you get, watch this because what is happening is that your journalism uh, programs also have social media programs to support them. So you will see a, uh, a headline, an announcement about what they're going to talk about on the news, and you get a tweet that supports it or an Instagram release. Uh, for us old fogies, it comes out on a Facebook announcement. It gets a supporting documentation. You are surrounded and you feel like that it's true because you are being uh, provided a point of view from every angle. And that will be the future. This is the reason why it is so important that we talk to our kids about discerning the truth because they will have more information provided to them. Who is providing the information? What is their agenda? Is it orchestrated? Can you see it? Can you start to track it? Can you dissect it? You know, is it coming from one particular journalism point of view? Uh, the, the whole uh, uh, kind of thinking that is going on here on a particular point of view is because it's actually packaged and delivered and orchestrated. And I want you to start to look to discern that. All of a sudden, you'll get a headline announcement. Uh, we're going to defund the police who who is going to defund the police where is that coming from you know is it a is it a government agency that's going to defund the police is it uh, the cartel is it some uh, you know black lives matter is going to defund the police uh, what organization is going to defund the police and all of a sudden the airways are are uh, flooded with this idea that we're going to defund the police. It started, actually, if you think about it, way back with the border discussion. Remember, they were going to defund Homeland Security. Well, one of the things that people don't realize is Homeland Security has a division called Internet Crimes Against Children. They are one of the most effective in the world at protecting your child online. You know, they are the ones that goes after these pedophiles. Uh, that are out there that the pedophiles that your kids meet in a gaming room or meets online and they want to come over and they want to molest your child and they seduce your child and your child falls in love with them and they think they're going to be Katy Perry. So they send off their naked photo to them because they're about to be discovered on TikTok, and that is a pedophile and that's how it works. Homeland Security leads that agency the largest in the nation. But suddenly you had an organized kind of thing is because of what was going on at the border, all of a sudden you get social media, you get regular media, you get all kinds of activity going on that says to you, we must defund Homeland Security. Well, now they're saying we must defund uh, uh, the police. Who? Who? Who must defund police? Who is saying that? Teach your child to stop. Teach yourself. Stop. Who is saying this? What authority do they have? What what evidence they have that that's worked out for anybody anywhere? It's already starting in some in some states where they have governors who will not stand up for the rule of law. So I hope that this this show has been helpful to cause you to think and also to open dialogue with your child. I'm in the business of combating child sex crimes. Have been for now 12 years. The organization is called Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. We have just announced this week that we have now funded and are going into production for a documentary to teach your child how the Internet's made, how it works, how the new technologies work, and why they need to be leaders for the next generation. You see, this generation of people will be the generation that leads all future generations and how to stay safe on the Internet. They will live in a world of technology. They will live in a world of 10,000 opinions of people they don't know and can't validate. They will live in a world of organized and orchestrated uh Political messages to skew one way or the other. And we must begin to teach our children to have cognitive reasoning, to know who they are and what they stand for and what their principles are, and to believe that it is important to have a rule of law and enforce it. And to support our law enforcement, we cannot do away with the rule of law and law enforcement. I want to give a a stand-up statement for that officer that was killed. You know, it's sad to me that around the world there's all these protests, and David Patrick Underwood gave his life. He was only standing there minding his own business, not harming anybody. And where in the world is the recognition for that man? Where is the global outcry that a man who was absolutely doing nothing wrong was gunned down in the name of a bunch of hoodlums that were burning buildings and breaking windows saying that it is okay to destroy society because they had one wrong? We must stop and think about what we're doing here, folks. My name is Opal Singleton. If you want to support this show financially, I would truly appreciate it. You can go to millionkids.org, M I L L I O N, millionkids.org. Hit that donate button, write to me at Opal, O P A L. At millionkids.org, let me know who you are and what you think. And like that, if you can support us financially, I would thank you from the bottom of my heart. We must protect each other. Folks, I hope you have a really good week. Put your arms and hugs around your family, your husband, your wife. Support each other. Tell them how proud you are of them. Let's teach them to live in a world without borders where they can be leaders for the next generation. You folks have a great week, and I'll see you next Thursday morning, 7 a.m. California time. Have a great week.